Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Life is full of awesome what ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Support WrestleTalk. Donate on Patreon. Making their way to the ring at a combined weight of undeniably sexy, hailing from London, the Russell Ramble Podcast! Hello and welcome to the Russell Ramble Podcast. I am Ollie Davis and I'm joined by Luke Owen. Hello, Swaft Nation. Hello, Oliver Davis. How the dickens are you? I was good until we finished our massive long recording of the Raw and Smackdown review and we walked out of the studio right into Twitter screaming at us. John Cena's been added as the fifth man for Team Smackdown at Survivor Series. Yeah, so we'd run long anyway. We recorded an hour and a half show. We were in here a long time. We were a bit sweaty, a bit smelly. And we'd actually talked about in the show, huh, well, I wonder who the fifth guy will be for SmackDown Live. So you can look forward to that in the actual podcast itself. We do at one point go by, huh, I wonder who it could be. Maybe it'll be Ty Dillinger. Maybe it'll be Daniel Bryan. And then as soon as we stepped out, loads of notifications from people saying like, hey, have you seen the news? Have you seen the news? It's John Cena. The worst part is that we do ask quite a lot, who could it be? I can't <laughs> think of a single person it could be. And you podcast people, you can kind of be in on this joke with us now. Yeah. Because you're getting this intro. The you, I'm dreading the comments on the YouTube yeah. version of this show. When I wake up tomorrow morning and people have watched that bit. And just, you know, because not everyone can watch everything that we do. And even though we have put up the breaking news John Cena's joining it. By the way, this horribly dates the Wrestle Ramble that's going to go up later announcement. They're still going to tell us. Yeah, well, I think we just need to put a comment, pin it. Pin it at the top. Just saying we recorded this about a few hours before the announcement was made. Or the announcement was made while we were recording. Get over it. It's not that big a deal. Hey, this is a podcast though, isn't it? And who would like more podcasts, more than the people who already listen to the podcast? Hey Luke, tell us about that Patreon exclusive thing. Well, we do have a Patreon exclusive podcast that we run every single month at the end of it, where we, you and I, review pay-per-views from wrestling's past. Um, sometimes, well, not really their present. It's always wrestling's past. Can't really do the future, unfortunately. As, much, as try as we might, we haven't quite worked that one out yet. What if someone does you know like if we do one day do a future pay-per-view episode and it is wrestlemania 50 with birdie brian versus <laughs> the mrs kid uh well i mean i'd, I'd very much look forward to it. i'd like we'll to try see that. yeah we'll try we'll try and get there as best we can i'll fire mm. up the delorean and see if i've got enough um uh damn it what's the uh force no force in the one what's the uh night uh the uh the midi chlorians the the stuff that he needs to put inside it that um um 
well, the 1.21 gigawatts, but it needs uh, the plutonium, plutonium to power it. Thank you. I knew I'd, I'd get there eventually if you just gave me long enough and I made this as awkward as possible. I would get there. Why? Well, I was too busy thinking of the wrong things to say <laughs> to interrupt you. I'm, I'm surprised that I didn't annoy you with the midichlorian. I was too. Or... I was too busy in mm. thought. Um, anyway, what were we talking about? Oh, we were talking about Patreon. Oh, the plug. Yeah. Oh, I was so bad at this. <laughs> so if you are a backer on Patreon, or if you want to become a backer on Patreon, just $5 a month will give you access to all this sort of gubbins. Uh, we've already done Money in the Bank 2011, the CM Punk John Cena five-star classic, as voted for by Dave Meltzer. And... Halloween Havoc 1998 featuring a minus five-star classic mm. between Hulk Hogan and the Ultimate Warrior. Yeah, that was a good show. They're, well, I mean, they were both very fun to watch. Yeah, and fun uh, to talk about. Yeah, my, my last in memory of Halloween Havoc is the spectacular Goldberg, uh, not Hulk Hogan, DDB match. Absolutely, and Scott really Hall's good. punches. Yeah. Um, and we are currently now in the month of November, mm. so of course... The poll that is voted for by Patreon backers of all levels is very Survivor Series heavy. Uh, we have the very first Survivor Series from 1987. Someone else has suggested Survivor Series 1995 because they're a big fan of the main event. But currently, the front runners are Survivor Series 1998, which is the Deadly Games one night tournament to crown a new WWE champion, and Survivor Series 2001, the winner takes all, the end of the invasion. Mm. And those are the two that are currently leading the pack at the moment. So it would be very interesting to see what we'll get come the end of the month. There's another non Survivor Series one. Isn't there a TNA one? There's in there? A, there are T- TNA Victory Road 2004, TNA's very first pay per view, which was held in November 2004. We've also got a ECW pay per view from 1998, November to Remember, and WCW's World War Three. 1995, which features the three rings, 60 mm. man battle royal. That's right, three rings, 60 men. So, if you want to listen to that, that exclusive Patreon monthly podcast, head on over to Patreon now, whack down five dollars and, and commit to that, and then forget about it, and then just go away, and we can just keep taking your money. Yep. And then you can get you get that every month, and you can vote, and sometimes even submit suggestions. And if you are a fan of YouTube, you get the Wrestle Ramble on a Friday, a whole day early than the Saturday. Everyone else gets it. If if you want to find another way to support this podcast, however. Leave us a review on iTunes like these lovely people. Thank you, Scott Hickman, who writes Great Wrestling Podcast. A great podcast. Oh, it's true. It's damn true. He's not wrong. Thank you, Scott Hickman. And from Anil Patel 90 writes Best British Wrestling Podcast. Strong. Yeah, that's that's okay, isn't it? I mean, it's not too much because it's not like the world. No, but I'm not even sure oh, we're the like best. Gorilla in... position, exactly. Yeah, attitude, yeah. yeah, there's quite a few really good Damn British it. podcasts. Well, anyway, back to Anil. Where to? Where to start? This podcast gets me through all my train journeys to the footy. Come on, Blues! Whoever those are, there's loads of blue there's teams, aren't there? Quite a few blue teams. Uh, it's intelligent, whilst easy on ears for casual wrestling fans. Can be critical of the product, of which would be bad, but there is always substance to their arguments. Podcasts never feel like a chore, as they are perfect in length. Ollie, the face who runs the place. A perfect in length, Ollie. Okay, I, uh, yeah, I, mi- I misread the the quote, uh, the punctuation there. I'm murdering this. Keep up the great work, lads. Smashing it. Thank you very much. Thank you. Shall we get on with the show? Go on. Anyway, how, 
how how are you all doing? How how are you doing, Luke? I'm you good. Know? I've had a, yeah, I've had a very busy week. It's been nice to get back into mm. the studio, get back into a working schedule. However, I feel like I'm now very much behind things because it was a bit slow to start on Monday. Trying to get ourselves back in. Haven't written this weekend's scripts yet. Uh, so I'm a little bit against it at the moment, yeah, and, I'm, and I've got to go out tonight because I'm playing D and D, and then you and I are out on uh, Thursday and Friday nights. We're at Rev Pro. We're going to be watching some incredible matches: Marty Skell versus uh, Tetsuya Naito. Mm-hmm. I'm sure, I'm butchering his name. I didn't even see Suzuki Minoru Suzuki and Zack Saber Junior versus Hiroki Goto and Will Osprey. Absolutely. I mean, it should be a fairly fun night of wrestling. Yeah, Suzuki versus Matt Riddle. Oh my God, the bro! I loved the uh, last. The only time I've seen Matt Riddle was at a Rev Pro show earlier this year. Completely fell in love with the guy. You're going to be star in your elements. It's yeah, it's going to be Japanese people hitting other people hard. <laughs> that's what I. That's what I'm into. That's what you're into. We've got some viewer feedback before we get on with the actual Raw and SmackDown reviews. Yeah, we thought we'd start this as a new regular feature mm. on the Wrestle Ramble because we get a lot of comments, which we all love getting, um, and it's usually people correcting us on things that we've said in the episode or people offering up their thoughts. So what we thought we would do is that we would take some of those comments and we would address them on the next episode of the Wrestle Ramble. So if you do feel like we have said something incorrect or you would like to... It's almost like uh, corrections and omissions. Mm. You forgot to mention this. Why didn't you talk about that? You're an idiot. It was actually this. And then we can address them on the next episode. Or if you just leave a good comment. Not just a good comment about us, you know, like, oh, good good stuff, lads. But like a, a funny, witty or insightful comment. Because we do read a lot of comments. I would say we, we're up to date with about... 80 to 90% of all comments left. My uh, wife and I were going through the comments left on yesterday's video mm. because there were a lot of people that were praising her while disrespecting me, which she thought was, well, I mean, she was not happy with, but I thought it was hilarious. My favourite being, like, how did a 10 out of 10 like her get a 2 out, or how did a 2 out of 10 like him get a 10 out of 10 like her? Mrs. Owen is over with the SWAF nation. She really is. Would she come on here to talk about uh, wrestling? wrestling? No, she dislikes it that much. I handed her a copy of the Wrestle Talk magazine mm. uh, this morning, and she looked at it with complete indifference. Oh, that's not. I said to my lady partner this morning, I, I don't know if you care, but should I tell you about something really big that happened on <laughs> SmackDown uh, last night? Mm. And she was like, "Try me." I said AJ Styles won the WWE Championship. And she went, yeah, I don't care. And just turned around and started doing what she was doing. I thought if if something that you love big happened in that respect, I would be into it. Yeah, totally. Well, I had the same thing. Yeah, she I didn't air the grievances at the time. She sat, out here. she sat down on the sofa this morning to put on the BBC Breakfast because I'd finished watching SmackDown. Mm-hmm. And she was like, how was NXT? No, no, wait. Smackdown. I said, yes, it was. It was Smackdown that I watched. And that I was close to a divorce right there. <laughs> and I was like, well, actually, there was some really big news. Mm. She was like, what well, wasn't it? I said, well, AJ Styles, oh, you like him, don't you? And I said, yes, I do. He won the WWE Championship. And then she was all paused and said, is that a good thing? And I said, well, there's a really big debate to be had about yes, it, I'll yeah, be yeah. honest with you. Tune in on Wrestle Ramble <laughs> later. Mrs. Owen, do you call her Mrs. Owen in the house? No, I call her by the name I always yeah, have. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we should probably do the viewer feedback. Hmm. Yeah, rather I'll, than I'll, just I'll, talk amongst ourselves. Absolutely, yeah. So if you have any comments, please do leave them in that little section mm. below, labelled comments. These ones, however, came um, some constructive 
questions on Twitter. Uh, Rob Pontin tweeted me and you saying, "How can an episode?" Uh, well, be... I mean, they they tweeted you. They just happened to mention Says me in Luke, it. Luke, yeah, Luke. I mean, but it's directed to you. How can an episode be poor when a whole hour was poor? That's one third of the show. Please explain on the ramble. So this comes off the back of you giving this week's episode of Raw a core, mm. despite saying the first hour was pretty rubbish. Yes. Uh, and Burgo also commented on that saying, then why doesn't... So I, my my response to that was, well, the two hours, and we'll go into this, like what we actually thought of the show in a bit, the two hours that were good were so good, I thought that raised the overall quality to a core. But then Burgo very astutely pointed out, then why doesn't Smackdown get smacktastic every week instead of smack bang in the middle or Ellsworthy? Because that doesn't have the extra hour. And I was like, damn, you've got me there. Well, I don't think they have because... Mm. Smackdown as of late has been smack bang in the middle or Ellsworthy despite the fact yeah. that it is only two hours those two hours are very average whereas those two hours out of the three on Raw that are excellent are excellent and they raise the overall game but if these if over here is just nothing more than a three out of five show even if it was you know with the extra hour it might have got an even worse rating well I actually I agree with Burgo I think uh if if I was judging Raw and SmackDown by the same scale, then yes, SmackDown would like if you're thinking about it in terms of the overall show, uh, then yeah, I guess SmackDown is of a similar quality with Raw in terms of overall enjoyment most weeks. But it is Raw I, I seem these days, not at the start, it was always like Raw yeah, this was a good show, but the three hour format's killing it. And I was doing that every week for months and months and months and something happened earlier this year where it was like i've just got to approach raw in a different way to a two-hour show and i guess you know there's it's almost like all the raw ratings i give have a little asterisk next to it which is just yeah it's a three-hour show it would have been much better as a two-hour show whereas smackdown is judged on the merits of a two-hour show uh, so yeah that was that I was don't think I it's uh, something that you've changed within yourself maybe you think that you have but mm. Raw has got it's yeah. so much better than what it was last year when you were giving it all those very low ratings because those three hour shows mm. did feel like Poof, this is a three hour show whereas these days while it is still very much a three hour show the show moves at a lot faster pace there's usually less fluff in there and it's a much better show overall. I I genuinely think that, that Raw has been a very, very good show mm. as of late and a very enjoyable show, despite the fact it's three hours, whereas SmackDown has been middling to poor, mostly, because it doesn't really feel like it's been going anywhere. That's my big issue mm. I've had with SmackDown, is that none of the feuds have felt big. We had that big, long, drawn-out thing with AJ Styles and Kevin Owens, and boring feuds with Jinder and Randy, and then boring feuds with Jinder and Nakamura. There's been nothing really great on SmackDown, except for the Fashion Files and the Bludgeon Brothers, for quite some time. Um, yeah, I, I disagree. I think uh, that it's it really is unacceptable to have a whole hour of a show that's really quite boring but it was uh, I, okay well we'll come on to we'll, our, we'll do that later but it's just like it's something you just have to put to one side otherwise you would just be saying Raw's rubbish every week and the people don't want to hear that I don't want to say it I don't want to approach it like that but are you saying that you think that Smackdown has actually been four out of five shows as of late no no I'm not saying that I'm saying Raw would be worse I would be rating Raw mm, at, a, okay. at a lower amount if I did take it as a as the, as you know quality spread it's quality spread 
relatively thin if you've got a whole hour. It's a, like I said, it's a third of a show. Yeah, but I, okay. I mean, I disagree. Do you want to go on to Adam Lambert? Yeah, Adam here? Lambert sent me a, a direct message on Twitter. My DMs are open. I don't always, re- I don't actually, I don't reply, but they are open and I do read them. Uh, Adam Lambert on Twitter said, just for your information, it was a squid in the Transformers movie, not an octopus. So my mistake on that one, do apologize. And as many of you pointed out in the YouTube comments, we were talking about ZZ when talking about the, uh, the alligator lad from Breaking Ground and Tough Enough that had been released a few years ago. Haha, <laughs> it's a Raw review looking jacked, man! So Raw began with Miz coming out, uh, doing a Miz TV segment with Kurt Angle, and he spoke mainly about Baron Corbin, which makes sense because that's the big Survivor Series match uh, two weeks away. But I was kind of like, oh, but following directly on from last week, the last thing we saw on Raw was Miz and Curtis Axel and Bo Dallas being dismantled by a brilliant Braun Strowman uh, return segment. Well, I really enjoyed it, at least. And now, you know, I want I want a follow-on from that. And he doesn't mention Braun until right at the end. Well, this is why Survivor Series has killed all storyline momentum across the board, across both shows. Because you're right, the, the, the promo package at the start of this show, which was good for me because I didn't mm. see last week's show, was all about the return of Braun Strowman killing the Miz And then it cuts to the Miz and he's like, I'm facing Baron Corbin at Survivor Series. In a feud that neither have really addressed on TV, but they have to mention it because that's the pointless match that they've booked for Survivor Series. Because it's the one night of the year where Raw, Smack- Raw SmackDown, Raw Stars and SmackDown Stars collide in the ring doesn't happen any other time no other time never apart from you know the house of horrors yes and TLC SummerSlam payback yeah uh, probably backlash Royal Rumble Royal Rumble but and, and uh, TLC did you say TLC, I said TLC sorry yeah. Yeah. but to the point then that I, I think that th- this is why I'm really sort of disliking Survivor Series at the moment I feel that Survivor Series has derailed a lot of uh, storylines and stuff I feel like we're going to have one of those weeks where we disagree a lot amazing yeah because we already did that in the opening bit uh, I think WWE are doing a very good job at having like it's Survivor Series season there's this huge uh, intergalactic interpromotional war that's happening between the two brands and bubbling away in the background sometimes the foreground is the usual week by week storylines and it's it's not only i think they're balancing both plates very well and it allows them to draw out these personal in within the brand feuds like braun Strowman and miz uh aj versus jinder up until a point because that's now been blown off it seems uh, that certainly the Owens and Zayn stuff, I think that's very, really smartly playing into the overall Survivor Series narrative. I, I, I think they're doing quite well. But I feel that, particularly from a character perspective, it is, when we will, maybe we'll save this uh, chat for SmackDown, mm. but you're right then that they've tied it well into the, the Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn stuff. But all of a sudden, Shane McMahon just feels like, I mean, yeah, this guy, like, I would try to dive off a cage and I, I crash through this table yeah. and it's all this guy's fault. But I'm actually more concerned with attacking Raw. But like and that, as a character perspective, just makes him seem like an idiot. And it's the, and it's the same thing here. Like at the end of this show, were you ex- more excited or more interested in Ms. Braun or Ms. Baron? Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, Ms. Strowman, I guess. Well, <laughs> Strowman came. I yes, suppose. yeah, I will absolutely. Yeah, uh, but uh, like that's that's my point. Is that mm. it's uh, you say that they're doing a good job of kind of doing these things, but I feel that they've done a, a dreadful job of this Ms. Baron Corbin match and the uh, Alexa Natty match. Well, Baron Corbin has a title match next week, as does uh, Natty with mm-hmm. Charlotte, who's saying that they're not just giving us what we want. I mean, we'll come on to all of this, but 
I am so hyped for Survivor Series now. All the matches that were kind of, like even the team Raw versus SmackDown thing I was excited for, uh, they've, they've, they've kind of given us even better versions of what they already had. Brock versus AJ, uh, the Shield versus New Day, it seems. I much prefer Cesaro and Sheamus versus the Usos. Hopefully Jimmy isn't injured. Uh, and then you could have Charlotte versus Alexa Bliss, which I suppose don't don't really care about. But I care about that more than I do Alexa versus Nessie. Yeah, uh, but I I mean, I'm saying I'm really into Survivor Series. Now. I, I'm look, looking forward to it. And I'm really into a lot of the individual uh, narratives on the shows. Look, I am into the Survivor Series mm. card because I can't think you can't put that card down on, on paper and be like, yeah, don't be excited about this because that's impossible because you yeah. look AJ versus Brock Lesnar should be absolutely awesome. The five on five should be awesome. If any, if last year's anything to go by, this year's going to be absolutely fantastic because the actual in-ring talents just seems larger and, mm. and grander than it was last year. Uh, your New Day versus The Shield, if that match is coming, which I think it might be, and I hope it is. Uh, your uh, Sheamus and Cesaro versus The Usos. You're right that all of these matches on paper are absolutely awesome. My point was, is that I feel that all of this has kind of just killed momentum of storylines and it's just, it's, character development isn't as slick as it would be if you didn't have to stop and be like oh by the way we now care about mm. raw versus smackdown which is just it's it's uh as you said double speak it's that 1984 thing it's like if you just keep saying it over and over again all of a sudden mm. we should eventually believe that raw and smackdown do care and there is that brand loyalty that has never existed previously i think that's definitely the case with shane mcmahon's character but mcmahon hasn't been a, an engaging character for a long time mm. but uh the, the other stuff i think they they are I like it when wrestlers are in multiple feuds, you know, like, oh, I've got this thing and there's this thing over here, but, uh, especially a champion. And I feel like that's what they're doing. Sorry, I didn't, I didn't mean to. I was going to make a point. You then. keep interrupting me. I didn't, inter- I didn't interrupt you. I stopped myself before I got to make a point and I stopped myself. You're right that it is good for wrestlers to be in multiple feuds. Mm. However, it's good when those multiple feuds actually seem like they're interested in and mm. they're worthwhile. Right. All, all I'm saying is that after Survivor Series, no one's going to care about Raw versus SmackDown. Yeah. And none of this will ever be brought up ever again. But that's the season. It's the season. When it's to... stop story. It's the only season. It's the, <laughs> it's the one where night you're, of the year. Where you'll see Raw and SmackDown superstars <laughs> compete like this. Yeah, I suppose. So the Miz TV segment continued. Kurt Angle came down. Uh, Kurt was pretty robotic at the start. Uh, Miz was doing his usual great Miz stuff. But they kept on saying, oh... And here's what happened last week. Three times Miz threw to a video package, which has that awkward raw transition. Oh, it's just, it's so, it's like a car, a traffic jam of a promo. Yeah, but I wasn't here last week, so it was good for me. Oh yeah, for the recap. It it really brought me up to speed. Um, Perhaps that's why they do it. To cater for for idiots. No, to cater for all of these new viewers that are just like constantly coming into the show. I think there's a more effective way to do it than, uh, than to... Yeah, slice yeah. them in there awkwardly like that. So uh, Kurt Angle actually got quite good near the end mm-hmm. of this, yeah, and I, I thought remained very good for the rest of the episode. It's like coming back at TLC has made Kurt sort of care. I don't, not that he didn't care before, because he did have his moments like when he's that's not how you spell soft and various other bits. But he has he has seemed like he's he's a square peg in the wrong hole for a while. And now he just seems to have found his feet. Now he's back in the ring. Yeah, I really like this segment. Um, I mean, you're right. It got off to a bit of a slow start, but I enjoyed mm. it by the end. I thought it was really effective. And particularly when he announced that the only reason he was able to get Braun Strowman onto his team 
was because Braun mm. wanted a match and it's going to be tonight and it's going to be against you. And I thought the Miz's reaction and the Miz Trials reaction was great. Miz is so good at selling so stuff. So good like at selling that. stuff. Uh, yeah, that was, I, yeah, that was a nice way to tie it all together. Mm-hmm. Uh, a little bit of nuance that WWE often don't care about explaining. So that was appreciated. Yeah, absolutely. Next up. So, the, yeah, the rest of the first hour was the bad hour, I would say. And it finished with two two good hours. But Jason Jordan beat Elias up next okay. in a guitar on a pole match. Indeed. As the first one in quite some time, mm. uh, a couple of decades, I believe, uh, for the WWE. So what was it? Jarrett's I'd imagine it was probably one? a yeah. Jarrett match or probably a... Uh, Vince no, Russo no, booking it. It wouldn't have been a Jarrett thing because Jarrett's guitar was a WCW thing. So it was probably a Honky Tonk Man thing. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, but, yeah, I mean... It, the match was a match it was a Jason Jordan versus Elias match Mm. not really much more to say on it to be honest yeah not much heat and Jordan just uh, so Jordan was one of the only top baby faces getting booed by the UK crowd yeah apparently they dumbed that down because I oh, got someone, oh, of course because it was pre-taped someone tweeted me saying that they were there in the arena and the reactions for Jordan were heavier than it was let on on TV and the reaction for Dunn was louder in the arena than was huh. let on on TV uh, Elias continues to be awesome. He certainly does. When he teased singing, well, he did sing the song a cappella, but when he's like, I haven't got a guitar, I'm going to sing it a cappella, which is brilliant. There was a great moment when Elias said, uh, he did his usual, I've got one question to ask you. And there was one lad who was very close by the microphone shouted, <laughs> I will marry you! <laughs> and also on commentary, UK banter. <laughs> on commentary, they were taking a couple of pop shots at WCW. Michael Cole asked, um, Booker T is like, oh, you've been in a, a few matches like this, haven't you? And Booker T was like, yep, no, no I didn't like any of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they're not going to let it die. <laughs> we won, just a reminder. We, we win every week. WCW did nothing but stupid matches all yeah. the time. Uh, so uh, Elias is, hopefully this is the end of Elias versus Jason Jordan. It seemed like the blow-off, yeah. although I'm not hopeful. This has been um, a bit of a poor string of Elias feuds, then, I suppose, if this is the blow-off, because it, all his feuds just end up with him losing. Yeah, did he not go clean over Balor, of all people? Because Balor transitioned into the Bray Wyatt program. Oh, didn't Bray Wyatt attack uh, yeah. Balor, and then he won? I can't remember, to be honest. And Elias was beaten Titus Worldwide for several weeks <laughs> that's true oh you're right easy no, to forget that, that, was, that was a feud yeah. where he did win all the time it was the most one-sided feud this year next up we had Cesaro and Sheamus backstage demanding a tag title match against Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins from Kurt Angle that was interesting uh, and I kind of made a bit of a remark about this on Twitter but clearly it wasn't ju- it wasn't me mm. well, I was I was more or less alone in this there were different feeds that had gone out Oh, have we watched a different feed? I don't know if we've watched a different feed, but yeah. the feed that I watched of this segment didn't actually end with him saying, we're going to have a tag title match. Uh. He said, uh, they said, we want to be on Team Raw, and he said, no, you've got to do something. And they kind of just go back and forth, and Kurt Angle essentially forgot his lines. Wow. And and the interview was like, oh, I don't know, and then it just cut away, and then there was loads of silence, and then when it came back, it was like, Breaking news, they've just mm. we Kurt Angle has announced a tag team title match later on. And there were technical snafus throughout the show. So I think some of the feeds went out absolutely fine and they fixed all of these issues, pre you know, retaped things mm. like that guff and fixed it, but yeah, the feed that I had was full of technical issues, including one point where Michael Cole was talking to Kevin Dunn. Fascinating stuff. I, I remember when uh I once watched a Russian feed of a UK show and it had all the commentary talk in the ad breaks. 
I was like, this is better than the show. This is really <laughs> fascinating. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know if we've got all this stuff right either because I think I watched a separate feed to you and I'm pretty sure it isn't the one that went out on US television because I only saw the Rene Young fist bump afterwards and mm. apparently that was in the show. Yeah, that's what I, I saw that one. So anyway, forgive us if everything we're saying is wrong and the titles didn't switch hands at the end of the day. Uh, we got a bad <laughs> that, feed. That one I'm pretty sure yeah. did happen. So, yeah, uh, Cesaro, I can't understand a word he's saying. Nope, uh, I've then. said it before, I've said it again. If he's going to have a gumshoe in his mouth, don't have him say words. Mm. Just have him stand in the background and look menacing. Sheamus is a very, very good promo. Just let him talk for the team. Asuka beats Stacey Coates next, a local uh, talent, local competitor. She's from Scotland, I believe. Mm. And, yeah, it's, uh, yeah. The was, crowd it, were not into it. No, it was, popped huge yeah. for um, her entrance, but yeah, died quickly thereafter. I think you said it right in the uh, in the Raw review that I think that the the poor matches that she had with Emma, well, well not, not poor, poor matches, matches, poorly laid out matches. They weren't the right matches. Yeah, they weren't the right matches, and I think that has killed a lot of her momentum. I think they've got to do a bit of work now to try and build her back up. It's actually it's what I said they were they were going to do. They did it with Alistair mm. Black. Debuted him with a, in a competitive match against Andrade didn't make him seem like a big threat and then since then it's done nothing but squash matches now like oh cool oh so he is a threat i but like black's knocking people out with one kick this is asuka is still dominating her opponent in about a minute but it's nothing it's it's not eye-catching it's not explosive i haven't i mean she's alicia fox at the end of this segment added asuka to team raw the female team raw thing so hopefully she's going to get a massive show of dominance in that uh, maybe it just comes down to Asuka and Asuka eliminates all five members of Team Smackdown well, that makes Team Smackdown look awful I was gonna say, it's, yeah. it's very hard to. I, they really botched Asuka I mean she's not dead of course but she's she's in that indifference level like Bailey and Sasha Banks and all of those so yeah completely WWE's fault here. Real, real shame real shame because she is a really unique talent mm. Real shame. Samoa Joe, however, has hit the ground running on his return. Titus O'Neil and Apollo Crews came out looking happy. Well, they they cut a promo backstage in like, and they're just big, goofy smile, Mm. baby face promos. And I'm just like, you two are going to get absolutely murderized out there. Titus said a line in his promo. uh, Well, you know what? Titus Worldwide's all about having fun. (laughs) And I was like, when? When was it all about having fun? I thought you were like this sports management firm trying to get people over. Yeah, no, it's that's not, not about fun. It's about fight. It's combat sports. Yeah, but that's not the gimmick anymore, is it? I don't, uh, I don't think it is anyway. They had a good gimmick. Like Titus Worldwide was over. He was getting this little stable together. Where's that an Asker? Where's uh, Akira Tozawa? Uh, so, uh, yeah, Titus O'Neil and Apollo Crews walk out. They're kind of smiling and happy. Samoa Joe rightfully beats the crap out of them. Joe killed, killed Titus O'Neil. And then cut an amazing promo. Oh, it was promo. great. Oh, Samoa Joe is awesome. Like, this is the Samoa Joe that you want to see. Mm. Oh, it's so great. Loved this. Yeah, smiling baby face Titus O'Neil walking down to the ring. The crowd are like, hey, here we go. And then Joe comes, Joe, 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 yes, yes. Violence, come on, simulated violence. So great. Uh, yeah, Joe cut a great promo saying um it was like you know Cruz can't stand with me as a high flyer uh if anyone else wants to stand in my way like come on out i'm still ready finn balor comes out and they have 
a really good match. Like this the best match on Raw was terrific. Mm. So good. I loved this match. Despite yeah. the finish that, you know, many people probably aren't going to be overly keen on because it's a bit of a cop-out finish. But, but it's TV. But it's TV. I, I loved this match. I thought this match was awesome. I think there's some people, and I, I, I understand it, seem to want all matches, like they're disappointed if every single match isn't a clean finish with just two people uh, in the middle of the ring. And I'm like, there's an argument for pay-per-views for that. But TV, for me, should be extending out these feuds. And what you've got with... Like, I didn't come out of Joe Balor. Like, that was all I wanted to see. What a match. Uh, But yeah, let's move on to another match. I was like, I want to see the next instalment of Joe versus Balor. Chapter one. Yeah, because they... And just like Balor versus Styles, they're good enough wrestlers to give you a great match but still have obviously have loads left in the tank where the viewers are like, I want to see what happens next between them. And yeah, Joe and Bala had that kind of match recalling their NXT championship feud. Uh, it was just really, really good stuff. And they brought outside for a double count out finish. Usually it's annoying, but I, I was totally fine with it. Uh, they're, they're separated by security. Uh, then they, you know, Bala like jumps on Joe again after the security have separated them. So great. But then Kurt comes out. Kurt, whose job is on the line at Survivor Series, and goes, hey, that's the kind of ferocity I want to see on my team. You're both on the team. And I was just like, ugh, that got got to me a bit. It it didn't bother me at all, to be honest. Yeah, no, I I, I quite liked it. Um, I'll tell you what I don't like, Mm. though. Uh, it's, perhaps it's my new bugbear from the commentary team. You know, oh, like, no. uh, it's boss time, or, or it's the one night of the year. It's the uh, extraordinary man who does extraordinary things. It's uh, my new least favourite tagline for who, a wrestler. Who's that for? They say it for Finn Balor, like, every few <laughs> lines. Uh, they've said it for weeks now as well. It's just like, he is an extraordinary man who does extraordinary things. And it's, uh, man, that's a terrible, terrible... It's not as bad as the underdog from the underground, mm. but it's still pretty bad. I think I'm starting to phase out WWE commentary. If you ha- if you missed this particular episode, I didn't know Tom Phillips had been replaced by Michael Cole until I got in and Luke told me about that. I think I only pick up on like either really good calls or really bad calls <laughs> or Booker T, or, Booker T yeah. <laughs> uh, or Byron Saxton great one-liners mm-hmm. because everything else I can't I don't, I don't remember that at all, and I pay attention to the the shows yeah. to write these reviews. It's just that the the commentary in WWE has, has been really bad. It was quite good at TLC. No, it wasn't. Booker T was really bad. Yeah. So, it's, mate, or when was it good? I feel like are you we thinking, of, them are you thinking of NXT? Maybe because the commentary NXT. in NXT is, is actually pretty good, apart I'm, from Percy Watson. I'm being your lady partner. <laughs> NXT <laughs> was it good? Could have been. Yeah, so uh, I, thought, I thought this was great, and I actually, and I quite liked the the follow up with, with Angle. You're, I mean, you're right, but the storyline wise doesn't make a whole lot of sense because his job is on the line. But I'm just really happy to see both those guys on the team. I mean, yeah, I I think there could have been a better way to add them to the team because uh, it just makes Kurt look stupid. I like, you, oh, you two really hate each other. Coexist um, in two weeks' time. That should really be um, WWE's tagline. WWE. It could have been better. <laughs> now, forever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so next up, we had the Miz Taraj backstage. Miz is beside himself with worry because, of course, he's got to face Braun Strowman later in the night. And Bo Dallas is giving a sort of old school Bo Dallas, Bo, Bo leave promo, but not that much. I, 
I was wishing him to do more of that. But he was saying, Halloween's over, monsters aren't real. And then Curtis Axel is standing there in his neck brace. Brilliant selling from him. Especially because if I was like, right, Axel? And he just looks at him. I don't know, man. Yeah. It's so I, good. He sold he, it so yeah, well. Was... I'm really liking Curtis Axel at the moment. Mm. I love him in this role. And I love that he gets Curtis Axel chants all yeah. the time. <laughs> the crowd great. is super into him. I said, there's a meme going around like uh, that Curtis Axel is still getting running power slammed. He didn't sit because he got like five yeah. running power slams from Ow. Dawn. Yeah, at the end of last week's Raw. But then we had another backstage. Well, it was a run of backstage segments. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jason Jordan met Kurt Angle. His illegitimate father does it work the other way around you can have an illegitimate son can you have an illegitimate father no it's just his father just his father and he he said well Kurt goes you're the final member of team raw I'm not I know some people might say it's favoritism but I need someone I can trust and Booker T flipped out on commentary I know well Booker T was making um, Eric Watts references uh, earlier in the night but yeah he lost his mind Mm. at this point here good lord didn't he just because Booker T does not like Jason Jordan Uh, but no he he flip flops though because even during the he was in the top 5 once wasn't he yeah oh that was a short lived gimmick wasn't it his fave 5 and his top fave 5 ultra fave 5 but um, he said I believe it was during the, the Jordan Elias match Michael Cole and Corey Graves were kind of poking fun of him, saying, like, oh, well, Booker T doesn't like him. And then Booker T was like, no, I do like the kid. I think the kid's great. And I'm like, what is your character then, Booker? Do you like him or do you not like him? So what do you think about Jason Jordan joining Survivor Series? Uh, Because you've now, that's your Team Raw 4. You've got Kurt Angle, Braun Strowman, Finn Balor, Samoa Joe, and Jason Jordan. When those leaked Survivor Series uh, posters from last week had Roman Reigns in that Jason Jordan spot. Which they seem to have updated now because they're going to do the New Day Shield match. At least we presume that's what they're yeah, going to yeah. do. Um, which I think is a better role for, for Roman anyway. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I mean it, it's... Who else would you put in the role? If you're not going to have Roman Reigns, who else would you put there? Titus O'Neil. Oh, your, your man, uh, R-Truth. Oh, of course. Well, I mean, apart from R-Truth, obviously. Apart obvious. from R-Truth. Yeah, but I don't think there's anyone else that you really could have put into that role um, that's that that's sort of on that, well, not even on that level, but is being Neville. pushed to uh, that upper level, Pete Dunne. Um, yeah. But uh, it's it's fine. But it does record to me. I was actually re- uh, listening to an episode of Something to Wrestle uh, with Bruce Pritchard, and he was talking about the main events of... Bloody hell, I can't even remember what the pay-per-view was now. But the pay-per-view was a six-pack challenge for the vacant WWF Championship, and it was The Rock, Mankind, Kane, The Big Show, Triple H, and The British Bulldog Mm. in 1999. And Conrad and Bruce were just like, yep, one of these things is not like the other. And that's kind of, I get the same feeling with here, where you've got like Shinsuke Nakamura, Kurt Angle, Finn Balor, Samoa Joe, and Jason Jordan. Do you, because there was a Kurt line in here where he said, I want you on the team because I need someone I can trust. Which is pretty much confirming Jason Jordan's going to turn on Kurt, right? But I can't see Jordan turning and uh, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn coming out and affecting Team SmackDown. I suppose you you could. You can do both. Because I I think if you save the Jason Jordan thing right for the end, and that's the big one that forces Kurt to lose his job, Mm. and you bring back the authority, Triple H stopping being a babyface from the European tour, can come back as a heel with him and Steph to run the show once again and reveal that Jordan is not Kurt Angle's illegitimate child, 
and it was all a big ruse. I think that would be the best for Jordan. Wouldn't it, Jess? Yeah, yeah, just to get rid of all that. Mm -hmm. Uh, After this, we had Sasha Banks and Bailey backstage. Cutting an awful promo. Yeah, I've written here the insufferable Sasha Banks and Bailey. They have made them very unlikable characters. They they walk around like they're heels. (laughs) Like they're this... Oh, it's too much of a... They're not... I don't know. Bailey's good at it, but... Sasha Banks never comes across as uh, she's such a disingenuous baby face because she's so suited to be a heel. How she hasn't been a heel on the main roster. Was she a heel when she came? She was kind of like no, a baby no, face. No, she was baby face because she was part of team. Bad. Oh no, she was part of team bad. So she was a heel because she was the only, yeah, it was her Tamina and um, someone Alicia else. Alicia Fox, maybe? I don't know. I think it was Alicia Fox actually. Uh, but for the longest time. Oh no, she was, time, she was part of team Bella. For the longest time, uh, Sasha has been a face, especially as like a, a ma- major singles person with the Charlotte and Becky. It was always Charlotte who was the heel. Just yeah. Anyway, they said we want to be added to Team Raw. Yada yada. This transitions into a match between Sasha Banks and Bailey versus Nia Jax and Alicia Fox. Nia Jax being awesome. There was a weird order was of a- people coming out here. I was about to say because like. I wrote down in my notes, oh, Bailey and Banks versus uh, Jax and Fox. And then Nia Jax comes down, and then Sasha Banks came down. I was like, oh, did I write my notes wrong? I'm pretty sure they said a tag match was coming up. And then Bailey came out, and I was like, oh, is Bailey there to be a second? Was like, it like a, a three-way? Yeah. yeah. And then and then when Alicia Fox came down, I was like, huh. Well, that was just a weird order of things. I thought Fox had made her entrance during the commercial break. Yeah, same. And she was just like walking around yeah. the outside. Yeah, bizarre. Uh, Bailey in England is over. Yeah, and uh, Corey Gray's pulled out the classic Bizarro World line. It's not Bizarro World, Corey. That's just what we should be hearing every week because she should be a really over babyface. Yeah, uh, this match was there. Uh, it was it was the most fun just for the chance of the hey hey Bailey, which to everyone who doesn't know what that is, mm-hmm. that is a song, uh, an old song, but it was remixed into a. Uh, Sort of dance, a club classic, to- a chart topper by DJ Utzi. A, a, a hot joint, I think you, you can call uh, in R and B terms. It's it's yeah. like a it's a hot joint, uh, something. I was trying to remember when it got released because mm. someone tweeted us and it's I said like, like two thousand three. Uh, yeah, well that's what it is because I said oh I think it was popular about a decade or so ago and then I thought oh, a decade ago that was two thousand and seven. It must yeah. have been earlier than that because I think I was still at school. But they're replacing the word. Baby, so hey, hey, a baby, who ha, uh, with Bailey. Yeah, I it's fir- ingenious. I first heard it at the NXT Takeover show uh, when they did in London, and I thought it was brilliant. Then they also did it on SmackDown for Becky. Yes, yeah, yeah. Which I, I just thought was also nice. I was confused for a moment. I thought they were chanting Frailsworth. I said, <laughs> that isn't the. Please don't do this, UK crowd. It's the wrong thing. <laughs> don't be those guys. Uh, so Fox tapped out to Banks for the third consecutive week. Meaning Alicia gets out, and of course Alicia is the Team Raw captain, and she said, "I'm going to add you to my team, Sasha." And Bailey's standing there looking at Sasha like, "Huh? Weren't I in the team?" And it's like, "Is Bailey not in the team? I thought she had a both yet. of them." Not yet. No. Oh right, okay. just Banks. I thought I I obviously glanced over. I thought they had both of them. It teased dissension between Banks and Bailey. Mm. Oh, if they turn Bailey heel. Well, that's just their answer to everything. It's just like, ah, they're not getting over to the baby face. Turn them, apart from Roman Reigns. Um, let's just turn them heel. It worked with Sammy, so... 
But what a sad state of affairs. Yeah. Braun Strowman versus The Miz came out next. Braun- I, didn't, I didn't want to say, sorry. Oh. Uh, I enjoyed Alicia Fox's promo from earlier. I didn't say that. when Because I got the captain's hat yeah. thing. And she does like the put your uh, chairs into their upright position and fold your tables away. I quite enjoyed that. It was fine. I thought she's very good in that role. Yeah. Braun Strowman then beat The Miz via disqualification. Strowman was having a right old fun time. Oh, wasn't it? he just? Destroying uh, Miz <laughs> and The Miz to was brilliant monster action. It was just these three, like, these were three planes buzzing around King Kong, <laughs> and he was just swatting every single one of them away or throwing them into barricades. It was brilliant. There's a, there's an image on of, of the recap of this match on WWE.com. And Braun has obviously just thrown Miz in the air. Miz looks like he's not going to stop. Like he's gonna, he's still projecting upwards. Yeah. And then uh, Braun gets outside, takes out Bo Dallas, and then he walks toward Curtis Axel. And Curtis like, no, with his neck brace on. No, no, no. Still like PTSD from last week. And Braun just grabs him and throws him into the barricade. And he looks so mean. And I was like, this is a baby face. This is awesome. Well, he is, because he's yeah. a baby face now. Yeah. It's, it's wicked to see him as a baby face. It was a badass baby face. Love Braun. Then Kane walks out and uh, they have a stare down. Braun screams at him. You threw me in a garbage truck. <laughs> Brian Alvarez, describing this on Wrestling Observer Radio, said, Kane was very professional here not to laugh mm. out loud at that line. Because it was really funny. But it's like... It was, it was kind of funny, but yeah, he did throw him in a garbage <laughs> truck. I'm with you, Braun. Uh, so Braun and Kane had a scuffle. Braun did the running power slam on Kane. Then, you know, Braun. Everyone does the Braun with him now in the crowd because he's a baby face. And then Kane sat up. What a great moment. Kane's was, great in this role. Yeah, and it was really cool. And then, you know, Braun just threw him out afterwards and they had a stare down. So both guys look strong. I am really into the Braun versus Kane feud. I think... Some people aren't because of that Finn Balor burial uh, on the the night after TLC when he had that great match with AJ Styles. And that was at the hands of Kane. And that was ridiculous. But Kane did look like if you take that out of it, they're building up Kane real strong. They're building up Braun real strong. We all know where it's going. Braun's going to beat up Kane, maybe even retire him. So Braun will look even better after this. Yeah, I agree. And, and this is flawless stuff. Well, as, as we said at the time, we know why he beat Balor mm. because they are building him up towards Braun and you want to make both guys look good. It's just that I thought Balor was the wrong guy to do it with. Kurt, yep. Kurt Hawkins, however, would have been the perfect guy to, to put there in. Where did that gimmick go, by the way? I missed that gimmick on TV. Braun running power slammed him through the, uh, the, the <laughs> Tigertron thing. Yeah, through the centre of the... The globe. <laughs> uh, next up, we had Scene and Death. Scene and Death. Yeah, see, it's scene hard, mate. Isn't it? It's, it's hard. People take the piss out of me, but it's hard to do. Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose backstage. Uh, I've written down here: Rollins smiled too much. Not as wacky as usual, you but actually, still, still annoying. I was going to say you've written here not as wacky as usual. I've written down wacky Dean mm. because I thought he was being at his worst, wacky Dean. He Actually, wasn't no, his no wa- not, not his worst yeah. wacky dean, but he was still being wacky dean. He was he was wacky, but it was I think he was more of the and I'm not saying the same as, but he was more on the Brian Pillman side of the scale than the annoying. Ooh, I uh, disagree. There. Oh no, just like just like here though. Oh right, okay. not, not like oh, not like he was the second coming of Brian say, Pillman in this. When program. you were doing that, I was like, no, behave, no, no. mate. I, I was showing where Brian Pillman was <laughs> on the scale. Cut his my arms now out the window. <laughs> 
uh, and you know Dean. That's wacky Dean. He was just 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 on okay. the on the on the bright just on the bright <laughs> just on the right side. And Seth is to blame as well because he's there going like, ha ha, Dean, <laughs> what a wacky guy. He does feel like he is the Kermit the Frog mm. to Fozzie Bear in this scenario where like Fozzie Bear just goes like wacka wacka, and then Kermit's like, well, well there he is. There he what is. a wacky guy. Remember, we're the shield. <laughs> the hounds are justice. Yeah. So obviously we weren't into that but then they walk that they um do the the fist bump we should reenact this seth does it dean does it and then they walk off and renee so cute just like looks around and goes and puts her fist in where it where the two guys were before and it was she's the best like that's why can't what first of all why can't she do all the backstage interviews (laughs) uh like just be this generation's mean gene second of all why aren't the other interviewers allowed to show personality? Yeah, I don't know why that is. And Renee is. Yeah. Uh, maybe, I don't know. Renee's so good. She's awesome. She should be like, she should be pushed to the moon for a, for what she does. She's not just a backstage interviewer, is she, either is she? She's like a host. She mm-hmm. can do stuff in the ring, an interviewer. But she's amazing. Yeah, she is. Um, next up, we had Enzo Amore coming out, doing his compulsory long promo mm-hmm. uh, but it was it had its lines as all Enzo promos do they just go on too long I particularly liked the biggest thing to enter the UK since the bubonic plague yep just because it was such a such like a stupid reference yeah so, talk about WWE making their dated references mm. we're now referencing the bubonic plague from like the 12th century or whatever it was Eric Watts bubonic <laughs> plague <laughs> who I think were wrestling around the same time yeah, I'll be honest yeah. Um, I actually think that this was going on so long um, that Vince was calling audibles. So there's usually a a couple of good indicators in WWE Mm. if Vince doesn't like something. And it's usually when the commentators start talking over stuff. Uh, Because you had both Corey and Booker T and Michael Cole at times going like, this is going on too long. Someone grab the hook, play his music, get him off. And I could just, I can hear, almost hear Vince McMahon in all of their headsets going like, bury this segment, bury this segment. It's not getting over, bury it now. It's, it's, It's such a bizarre way to approach getting people over yeah it's yeah that you're right that really annoyed me when the commentators started talking over it. i forgot that happened it's infuriating that is no i've written it down here <laughs> uh but i don't think i talked about it in the review ah oh, that is the worst it's so petty and like why would you do that to a guy who really has potential to be something great there was um again I was listening to a uh, that Pritchard podcast about the pay per view which I've actually forgotten the pay per view mm. it was um but they were talking about how uh, Jr had been a bit salty that evening apparently he hadn't got into with the like he wasn't in the best of moods that day so Vince on the headset all night was getting Jerry just to wind him up further and just to poke him just make him even more annoyed because that's how that's where Vince gets his kicks <laughs> it's like just be professional. Yeah, but it's not a professional world, though, really, is it? Let's be honest. No, yeah, well, it's yeah, the wacky that's... world of professional wrestling. It's the na- the, there's a thing in the name. Like, I, as a viewer, want to see the best possible product. How the hell can you do that if you're doing your weird little mind games and insecure bullying through the product itself? It's, oh, it's very annoying. Anyway, uh, Kalisto came out, and he, I can't remember what he said or if he it, said it anything. Is, I oh, no, he might have said something. I like, just I, remember I, him I, sitting down. <laughs> he sat down. Mm. Yeah, Kalisto, the least over cruiserweight. Yeah, but maybe, I mean, then, then out came Pete Dunne, yeah. making his main roster debut. And, like, was this a balls-up? 
because they Felt played weird, Pete Dunne's music and Pete Dunne's name came up and the crowd like exploded with excitement because it's Pete Dunne and he's mm. awesome. He's one of the best wrestlers currently in the UK. He's just so good. And then out walks Kurt Angle instead and Kurt Angle is like, I've got a surprise for you tonight, Enzo. What could it be? What could, I don't know. What could it be? Yeah. The big Titantron saying Pete Dunne's name. And he's like, and your opponent is this man. And then out walks Pete Dunne. Mm. And oh man, I mean, I was, the only thing that disappointed me was he didn't walk out with the title belt held in his teeth. Yeah, uh, he, Pete's great. Um, the bruiser weight—it makes sense that the bruiser weight could be a player in the cruiserweight division. Or you know, who knows if this is even a long-term thing? Maybe it was just a one-off. I felt I got the impression this was a one-off mm. thing. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see Pete Dunne on Raw next week, and he's just on NXT from now on. Yeah, uh, I think he's. They've confirmed him for the... I think Johnny Gargano's challenging him for the UK title at NXT TakeOver. Really? Do not quote me on this. Gargano? Yeah, the Gargano. American? Yeah, I know. Uh, well, you, you know, European title. It depends what... I, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't have said something I, I can't actually remember <laughs> when, what I read. Me and my wife call those 80% facts. Yeah, these Like when you, you start something fact. that's like re- you're really confident behind and then they look at you a bit inquisitively mm-hmm. and then you go, well, actually, I may be a little bit wrong on this one. That's an 80% fact. Yeah. That's a, let's call that a 63% <laughs> fact, I think. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so Pete Dunn comes out crowd are very loud not apparently not as loud as they actually were so the live reports to be believed and at at first my emotion was of oh my god it's pete done this is awesome and then it was like oh he's in the cruiserweight division the cruiserweight division where two really talented performers have gotten sick of it and left there are plenty more uh talented performers who have been wasted and limited by this glass ceiling that holds over 205 live and then i just got this sort of like long view oh no if this is the way he's debuted then that's kind of how he always is well i mean i had this with uh, i was talking to someone quite recently i think it was a friend of mine talking about like how they could better use the uk talent and they suggested i was like well why don't they have like the uk talent on smackdown as like that's its own separate division on smackdown mm. but my argument is like well then it's just like the cruiserweights as soon as you're part of that division, you're then that's your glassing. You can't then get out of that. It just seems to be that with WWE, it's that once you go into that place, you then can't get out of that. It's like why Austin Aries was never allowed to go beyond being a cruiserweight, never went down there, and was then never allowed to go back. It's like once you're there, you're now a cruiserweight. That's your label. You can't escape this label. Mm. Um, and yeah, it, it would be a real shame if, if that's what Pete Dunne ends up being. Is just he's just another cruiserweight. Because you're, you said it, I think you said in the review, he could easily just go into that intercontinental position. But maybe it's like actually, it's the when the ECW guys came over in the in the two thousands. It's just like, oh, you're the hardcore guy. Mm. That's what you're in. You're in that hardcore division now. There's no more, no room for you to grow. You're a hardcore guy. Stay there. Do you think backstage someone said, oh, uh, or like uh, you know, cause Triple H and William Regal obviously love the guy because he's just. He's really got the way he works is so intricate in he the is, ring. He is money. Like he's he's like a wrestler's one of the wrestlers wrestlers like Regal was, and uh, Triple H and Regal are like, hey Vince, Manchester, we've got this guy, UK guy. Let's debut him and get a huge hometown pop. Uh, you know we could make him come out against so and so. His nickname's the Bruiserweight, and then Vince goes, the what? And it's like the Bruiserweight. Oh, he'd be great for the Cruiserweight division. And then, like, oh no 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 no
And then here, here he comes. Here he is. It's uh, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully it's all okay. I I think this is just a one-off. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll see. Uh, in like past stuff, doesn't fill me with hope. <laughs> Next up, we had Alexa Bliss cutting a promo backstage, saying That's... she was a champ what on we, SmackDown. What you've missed here as well is a promo highlighting or hyping up. Brock Lesnar versus Jinder Mahal versus Survivor Series, mm. which is a promo that I'm sure will still be relevant by the time we get to the SmackDown review. <laughs> and uh, yeah, Natalia wasn't a champion when Bliss was on SmackDown, so Bliss is saying like she could beat Natalia any day. Yeah. Also, another thing we missed: Pete Dunne won. Oh yeah, Pete Dunne won. Yeah, yeah, beat yeah, Enzo uh, as a babyface. So it's like that was the other side. It was, although he was a cool badass thing, you know, he should really be debuting in his best possible way, and that's. Not in the cruiserweights, and there's a heel. Yeah, uh, but the but main t- event, tell that to Bobby Roode. <clears throat> the main event was Sheamus and Cesaro taking on Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose for the WWE Raw Tag Team Champions. Shamaro brilliantly came out in Liverpool football kits. Brilliant, loved it because this was, of course, Manchester. Those are their swarm rivals. Someone mentioned uh, Sheamus has the Liverpool. It was me that mentioned lo- it. It was you because who I said it, it made him the biggest <laughs> heel in my eyes. Yes, because you are an Everton fan. I am indeed. Who hates Liverpool more, Everton or Manchester? Um, Manchester, I would say. Even though you're just down the road. Yeah, well, we were all scouts at heart, so we're all we're all. It's a it's a friendly rivalry. Whereas, like, I, I that is a friendly rivalry that is, actually could be quite bitter at times. Mm. But you'll find that in Liverpool, like most families, are split fifty fifty between Liverpool fans and Everton fans. But like, they just hate Manchester United and vice versa. Uh, the the four had a really really good match. I was really enjoying it, uh, especially like Cesaro. Again, he's always the star of the show. Yep. There was a it was a near fall, and Dean Ambrose. So Sheamus oh, was this down. was so good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, Seth, no, Sheamus was down. Seth Rollins had pinned him. I think it, it was it, off it, of a, a frog, frog splash. splash. And Dean was like, you know, standing there to stop Cesaro getting in to break up the pin. Cesaro runs into the ring and just rugby tackles Dean onto the pin, breaking it up. So good. It just, yeah, just Cesaro feels like such a, I don't know, but Seamus and Cesaro have got such a rugby vibe about them, Mm -hmm. which brings a different kind of physicality to their offense. I I really like it. I absolutely love them as a team. And Mm. also they did the uh, the, the double crucifix into the barrier. That looked rough. I thought this was a <coughs> great match, and it had a great ending. Yes. So some people don't like the ending. We'll, we'll go through what happened. So uh, this match is going on. It's really good. Then all of a sudden, oh, man. I can't do this, can I? <laughs> Imagine Big E's voice. In my head, it was going to sound better. Yeah. I mean, it was pretty flawless to it? me. Um, I don't know, because I don't want to break the microphone. Oh, Manchester. That's the closest <laughs> you can hear. Oh, get. Manchester. <laughs> oh, Manchester. I'm the animal from the Muppets. <laughs> so Biggie came out. Not I think it's any... probably more. I mean, I'm now I'm going to try it and measure your look. Oh, Manchester. Yeah, that's good. It's just kind yeah. of English accented. But yeah. you got the throat right. I guess it's kind of quite close to your Booker T. Maybe it is. Yeah, mm. maybe that's all. I'm, I'm channeling my inner Booker. So, uh, yeah, Biggie's voice... Uh, came on and I was like oh what's happening and then the music played which is the the real sticking point here you shouldn't have the music played because that's a backstage production thing takes you out of the moment but then the New Day walked in through the crowd from the same area where the Shield usually do and it's Big E Xavier and Kofi and they cut a really good promo as which is like Xavier Woods makes fun of the three hour roar, like you're all still awake, well done to sitting through this because SmackDown is the A show. And then they uh I've got a hair on my head. 
and uh, I can't remember who it was, but they just they, they kept on doing this nutting. Yeah. What did you all do? Nothing. Like we came and we we invaded you, and now it's under siege, part two, baby. The one that sat on a but on a uh, train. Is that a uh, is that where it was? Yes. Because under siege is on a boat. Is on a boat. Yeah. And under siege two was on a set on a train. And people actually often say that under siege two is a bad film. I disagree. I think it's a really good film. And he's still a chef. No, he's not. Well, uh, he's not a chef on this train. He's, he's just traveling with his daughter. Oh, right. It's not like a really first class train that has <laughs> yeah. that has a bit on it no. where you make food. Um, also, so he's not just in the cafe <laughs> just, heating up sausage he, rolls yeah, in the, the microwave. Heating up toasties. Mm. Um, who was it? It's uh, Stephen Scow. Stephen Scow, yeah. Just in case anyone thought we were being weird there. Uh, yeah, so, but the great thing was, for me... When the New Day were cutting this promo, it cuts backstage to Kurt running backstage going, we need, you know, code red, code red, code blue. Interestingly, because I, on the feed I had, didn't have any of that backstage Mm. stuff. I was just... I watched it after. I was just focused, well, the the feed that I had was focused only on the the, the guys in ring and everyone upstage. And then you got Michael Cole on commentary going like, Kurt Angle's calling code red or whatever it was. And I was like, oh, is he really? That's quite cool because they're talking Mm. about stuff that's happening backstage, but we're not getting to see it. That's quite interesting. Well, it, have you seen it since? No. Oh, okay. So Kurt and is flanked by Heath Slater and Rhino of all people, and they're walking along backstage in a corridor, like quite hurried, uh, calling people out. And then Braun Strowman walks out of his room, and all three of them like jump backwards. And Kurt goes, "Go and get the others." And Braun walks off the other way. Mm. So that was a, that was a nice touch. But yeah, everyone runs out of the Raw. Uh, locker room led by Finn Balor Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson you were very excited by this point that was cool and uh, they go to chase off the New Day the New Day com- go comically we're out of here you know chuck the mic and run off giggling to themselves yeah. very good and then Bro Kick makes the pin one two three Oh my god, the match is still going on. Yeah. Sheamus and Cesaro are the new tag team champions. It was so perfectly timed <laughs> and so perfectly done. I loved this mm. so much because they'd done all this stuff with the New Day and then had everyone come out. I'd forgotten the match was still, like, the match hadn't ended. So the, so the finish came out complete nowhere for mm. me and completely took me by surprise. And it was awesome. It was re- it was so well done. I it, loved it. It gets the heat on the bar because, you know, they, they did a dastardly thing when all of Team Raw was united. They went in it for themselves. It gets the heat on New Day and therefore SmackDown for, you know, ruining the tag division of Raw. It's just there's so many bits going on here. Some people, I've said uh, Meltzer and Alvarez were like, yeah, well, you know, what the referee should have called off the match. It was a cheap way to get the titles. Oh, no, off I thought, them. It, was I thought it was really good. It came out of nowhere. Yeah. And uh, oh, there's one bit. What was it? Yeah. So at the end of this, this means a lot of people were excited for the Shield versus the Usos, which undoubtedly would be a great match. But now we've got Sheamus and Cesaro facing the Usos, which I think is going to be an even better match because you go back and you watch the Shield bar matches it is Seamus, specifically Cesaro, who is the standout in those. Dean and Seth are great, but sometimes they do kind of feel like they're going through the motions. Let's do a dive. Let's do a clothesline. But Cesaro is always innovative. It was his ripping apart the beach ball. It was him eating a turnbuckle with his teeth that were the really high points of those matches. And I always felt it was more the Usos. I know that's unfair. The New Day and the Usos are both very good. But I, I'm... I'm more excited in ring-wise for the Bar versus the Usos. Uh, there's a better heel-face dynamic, 
and it opens up the possibility for a Shield New Day match as well. Well, this is my point. So I was actually a bit disappointed at first that mm. we weren't going to get that Shield Usos match because I was really looking forward to that match. I thought that would be a really kick-ass match. And then, as a few people pointed out, I was like, oh, I think that the Shamaro match would be better. And I was like, yeah. And I think I was just more in denial, really. I was more like, yeah, yeah, no, it probably will be. But the more I think about it, I'm more like, yeah, no, that will be killer. Because I, I thought that the Shield versus the Usos had the potential to steal the show mm. come Survivor Series. I thought it was going to be an absolutely amazing outing. Now, we have the Usos versus Shamaro, who also have the potential to steal the show. And the New Day versus the Shield, which also has the potential to steal the show. And like, as soon as you go, like, okay, should I have one great match or two great matches? I'm always going to take the two. And the Team Raw versus Team SmackDown. And, and AJ Styles versus-, versus Brock Lesnar. Which means we'll come on to... Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. It's a SmackDown review, Magal, I love it. We got us a flying Uso. SmackDown kicked off with a cold open of AJ Styles and Jinder Mahal separately looking straight into the camera, cutting, uh, cutting old school promos. Rather mm. enjoyed that. Again, that wasn't on the feed I had. Oh, really? Okay, (laughs) I think I watched the proper broadcast feed for this SmackDown. Again, broadcast from the UK. Uh, But the proper show opened with a Shane McMahon promo, which I am officially sick of. (laughs) I do not want this anymore. I don't want Kurt Angle opening Raws anymore either. I I want something else Especially because Shane McMahon starts ever before you can get to the actual meat of the promo, which is you know a disagreement with Kevin Owens or Sami Zayn. It's always here's what this is the show we've got for you tonight, Manchester. We've got this match. We've got this match. Well, hey, well, hey, SmackDown's the best. We did this to Raw, and it's like this is all stuff that not 
what that was built up in the opening video package that Tom Phillips has already run through on commentary, and now you're saying it. It's like, this is the stuff that should be said to the crowd before the show goes on air. It's a live event audience thing only. I don't want to sit through it. I want to get straight into the action. And Shane McMahon is not a good promo, nor an engaging character. He gets a bye-bye high spots. I'm, I'm a bit over... I'm sorry I'm being quite down. I didn't know I was going to get this angry about it when angry. I first started. I'm just... I'm not... Shane McMahon is, is not he's not good for me anymore. I mean, I've, I've just written here, Shane McMahon cuts a sweaty promo. He did get sweaty, did he? gets very sweaty doing his promos. Uh, so The well, longer they go as well, because uh, that's like it's more stuff that he has to remember. Uh, do you think it's a brain thing? Then? It's, <laughs> not, it's not his shuffling feet. No, it's not. Because whenever you can't see his feet, they're shuffling. Yeah. And that's an enormous amount of power. <laughs> that's how he charges himself up. Mm. God, the, the amount of static in the man. If you touch him... <laughs> Like a that's balloon. Why, that's why he's so good at jumping off things. It's just like the electricity just jumps out of him. Uh, so the New Day then came out to celebrate their invasion of Raw last night. Shane was like, well done, you took the initiative. Seems like the New Day invasion. They did off their own back. And I like actually how the New Day remained babyface by saying, like, we didn't do this to cost the Shield the tag belts. Mm. We just did it to make a, to make a point. Yeah. And actually they were like, and we're actually a little bit disappointed that, the, uh, that they did lose the belts. So I thought it was a really nice way of keeping them babyface. Totally, yeah. I, whatever you think about Survivor Series, the way they've made Raw and SmackDown feel like both the enemy or the hero, depending on which night you're watching... Is in, is, has been very well yeah, managed. Yeah. If I watch Raw, I'm into Team Raw and you dastardly SmackDown invaders. If I'm watching SmackDown, I'm like, well, hey, Team SmackDown, F you, Raw, we're going to come after you a lot. It's And yeah, I'm fully invested in both sides. Yeah. Mm. What more can you ask for? This brought out Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn with very legitimate grievance. grievances. I loved Sami Zayn's walk as he came out. It yeah. was so funny. Which uh, I think it was Xavier mocked. Yeah. Because they, uh, Kevin Owens mocked the uh, the booty dancing that Shane McMahon had just done. Dad dancing. Dad dancing. And Xavier was like, look at the way Sami Zayn just walked yeah. out. The most obnoxious twit <laughs> on, on the roster so far. The, the best bit of this, though, is when they were taking the mick out of Sami Zayn and they said that he looks like a 1930s paperboy. Mm. And the crowd, hmm. not they clearly weren't expecting this because if they were, it would have been written in the script. The crowd started chanting paperboy and the New Day broke yeah. and just started <laughs> laughing. And then at one point they were like, huh, a paperboy chant. Yeah. What? An organic thing. <laughs> Maybe you should hold on to that, WWE, rather than pause biscuit but yeah is that <laughs> anyone gonna say is, biscuit, anyone, is, anyone, is this getting over yet under siege okay <laughs> that took four goes to get going uh the my favorite insult actually came from Big E, where he said sammy zane is so your puppet every time kevin owens oh no no how does this work how so, does a puppet work so he goes you got your hands so far up sammy zane that every time he brushes his teeth which i hear is not often uh Kevin Owens gets a, pan- uh, a, a manicure. manicure. Um, no, a pedicure. Because the pedicure's on your feet. Manicure is your hands. Yeah. You said a manicure. Yeah, so he would be getting... Oh, of course it would be. What yeah, am I thinking yeah. of? <laughs> not getting your yeah. foot up the butt. That's the <laughs> oh, ass-kicking I'm thinking, way. I'm thinking of the other ones. I'm going to put my foot so far up your butt mm. and you're going to clean my teeth. No, it's like, like a yeah. puppet. Yeah, yeah, puppet yeah, 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 I get it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I thought that was a great line. The crowd reacted like it was a great line. Recalled that fantastic rap battle with the Usos earlier this year. Uh, and this transitioned into Kofi Kingston versus Sami Zayn. They had a five-minute good match. Like, it was just a good match. Yeah. Uh, I liked the faction players at ringside. It shows how good factions can be. Adds an extra element of drama and tension. 
But it ended with a crossbody off the top rope onto Sammy. No interference, no shenanigans. And Sammy was pinned one, two, three. Yeah, I didn't really feel like Sammy got a lot in this match. It felt very one-sided. I know it was only a five-minute match, but I don't recall Sammy ever really getting the heat. Got a blue thunder bomb. And that was I, a, yeah. I thought it was a bit. I thought it was back and forth. And uh, uh, Kofi actually did a very impressive move where he was kind of sort of balancing himself mm. on the rope and then flipped over uh, to do sort of a plunger. That was quite cool. But yeah, the crossbody finish was very odd. Came out yeah. of nowhere. Crowd didn't really react to it. Uh, wasn't keen. Yeah, that you, you sort of you sort of expect an interference from all the people at ringside, especially because Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. That's their thing. There was no low blow. It, there was no finisher. Yeah. It was it was just a crossbody, like we said. And really, at this stage in Sammy's run, newly heel, you know, he's, he's, he's got a victory over Randy Orton, albeit with a low blow. He's got a tag team victory, I think. Although that was via, the low blow. Oh, that was the low blow. He only lost to Rand... Uh, who was to Orton. to Orton because Orton low blowed him. So, like, Sammy feels like he's been kept strong. But here he just lost clean to Kofi. And, you know, Kofi's great, but he is a lot lower down the impressive card than Orton is. Yes, yeah, no, absolutely. But, I, I but just, at the same time, New Day have got to look good if they're going up against the Shield. Well, just just make it different, like put it some inter- interference in. Have Kevin Owens uh, distract the referee and Sami Zayn gets the low blow. That ties more into the story. I, I, I didn't like this at all. No. Uh, I really didn't like it. Uh, Jinder Mahal then had a backstage promo saying he's going to beat AJ, then he's going to beat Brock Lesnar. He described AJ as an appetizer before he feasts mm. on the beast. An amuse-bouche. <laughs> uh, then the Bludgeon Brothers destroyed another camera. Still my favourite thing on SmackDown. Love the Bludgeon Brothers. I cannot wait for them to debut. Although I've written here, are they debuting soon? Yeah. I thought they'd be debuting this week considering that they're there. They're over on the tour. We know because we've seen all the pictures of them at the house shows. Yeah, they've been competing at the house shows. But they, they cut some nonsense D&D style promos and mm. I loved it. Uh, it's Maybe it's just going to be one of those coming soon things where they never debut. It's Nemelina. Um, and then next up, we had Randy Orton taking on Rusev because Rusev was originally meant to take on AJ Styles. That was That's what was announced last week for the final Team Smackdown place. Because right now we've got Shane, mm-hmm. Shinsuke Nakamura, Randy Orton and Bobby Roode. Yes. Originally, like it seemed... You know, before something obviously changed late last week, obviously after SmackDown, because SmackDown set up AJ versus Rusev for that final place, it was going to be AJ. Yeah. There was a, you know, Wrestling Observer reported that, PW Insider reported that. In the leaked poster, it's quite clear that AJ is on the team. Um, But now AJ was moved to the Jinder thing and Rusev lost here. Who's the fifth man? Yeah, I was wondering that as well. Because unless um, unless Sin Cara wins the US title and then Corbin goes in that place. Um, but the only person I could really think of, realistically, that you could put in there that's had any TV time would be Ty. Mm. But again, Ty then just feels like Jason Jordan. One of these things is not like the other. Daniel Bryan. You reckon it's Daniel Bryan? No. <laughs> no. Uh, I've, could no, you I imagine, can... though? I can't really think of it, but it does really betray how last minute in the Survivor Series build this the main event was. Well, we'll come on to that. The actual main event... Uh, sorry, <laughs> not the main event. The actual match here was Randy Orton beating Rusev. Aiden English did a great 
rendition of Rusev Day. Because he's awesome. Did you see, you know how they have the Twitter things at the bottom? Yeah. Did you see the one particular tweet taking advantage of all 240 characters? I was going to say, yeah, because I saw it because someone posted it up on Twitter Mm. with the caption, it was like, what have you done, Twitter? What have you done? Mm. So it was just the word, it's Rusev Day with... All Just the Ys all filling the up wise, the rest yeah. of the 280 characters. Uh, yeah, so that was that was fun to watch. But Rusev just lost relatively quickly. Not very much of a match. From an RKO. Out of nowhere. Yeah, so Randy Orton. So if Rusev beat Randy, he would be added as the fifth person. But Randy's Randy's place wasn't even up for grabs. No. Uh, so it really was a throwaway match that, you know, just had a big sign on the back saying, don't care about this. <laughs> we all know what's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, weirdly, next up, this was a match made yesterday, I think, online. James Ellsworth took on Becky Lynch in a very rare WWE intergender match. Yeah, um, a really random change of character from James Ellsworth uh, this week. Like, from dog to uh, verbal English. Yeah, and um, well, not only just like verbal English, but also to just hating women. Mm. Like, it just seemed really out of character for him to just suddenly be like, oh, by the way, I now hate women, and you're all, you, it's doing that Jeff Jarrett 1999, you belong in the kitchen barefoot and pregnant. Like, that's almost what his promo boiled down mm. to. And I was like, this is a stark change for, for James here. And then that carried on to the match and then carried on into the finish as well. It almost felt like they just one week just decided, ah, we're bored of this now. Get rid of him. All of that stuff that we were going to do in six months time, we'll just do all tonight. It, it screams Vincent McMahon, doesn't it? I've got this idea. Let's make the dog guy uh, face the ginger lady in a match. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and they're like, oh, but that doesn't kind of tie in with the character. Yeah, we'll just give him some, you know. It's it's very template, old school Vince McMahon. You know, when in doubt, foreign heel. When in doubt, mis- misogyny. It's that sort of stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Write what you know best. Especially because um, James Ellsworth has been, to use an internet term, a cuck for the longest it's time with Carmella. Not, not really what a cuck is. Isn't it? No. This, What's uh, a cuck? Well, okay, so I, I, I get this a lot because, of people, because a few people in the comments have been calling me a cuck as of late. It's not what a cuck is, people. What is a cuck? Well, a cuck is a man who enjoys watching his wife have sex with mm. other men. That is not what James Ellsworth is. James Ellsworth is a pet to But um, you're still Carmella. a cuck. <laughs> oh, no, I'm a cuck. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, well, yeah well, that clears that up. <laughs> but I'm a cuck in the traditional sense. <laughs> no, uh, but it's... I'll see you tonight, by the way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because I'm playing D and D. But like uh, the internet has sort of like uh, I say the internet, like the the, the I, I went the nasty side, the, the nasty side of the internet, the, the sort of side that doesn't like me particularly. For my the views. side that probably isn't still watching this far into the show. <laughs> well, good because I'm gonna, I'm gonna they have t- kind of taken the word and have changed it to a man who is not the dominant force in a relationship. As like as as that's a bad thing, mm. like a like a submissive person. Which is not 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 a submissive person. It's just like oh, you don't wear the trousers in your relationship like a bloody bloke mm. should do because that's what bloody blokes do. They go to the pub and then wear the trousers. But back to the intergender match. Uh, this was a match for me that should have happened back in June. Yeah, you know when the Ellsworth Lynch rivalry was hot. <laughs> When after the whole Money in the Bank this, thing. Well, I said, this really did just come out of nowhere. Because you're right, it should have happened in June. And then when it happened tonight, I was like, I feel like they have been building to this, but then stopped doing that build. Mm. I feel that if you were going to do this match and you were going to do the turn with Carmella at the end, you really should have built this up a little bit longer to kind of reignite that feud again. 
which is which is a shame because I actually really enjoyed the match. Yeah, I was yeah, especially because all the other women were down there as lumberjacks. That plays into the Money in the Bank storyline of him screwing over all the women, not just I think it was Becky he pushed off mm-hmm. uh, from actually grabbing the briefcase. So yeah, it's yeah, it's weird that. But the actual match, yeah, I I love a comedy match. And this was a very well-worked comedy match. Maybe this was taped back in uh, June, but <laughs> they just decided to just slot it in here and just yeah. edit it in front of people using holograms. This wasn't on the feed for everyone else. <laughs> we just had bad feed. They're like, see, they're like real missing. Mm. Oh, we'll just put something in that we filmed back in June. So Ellsworth was sort of, you know, I let's call this off. I don't want to hurt you. And then Becky Lynch schools him technique-wise. Yeah. I love the, the spot where she rolled him around using the foot. Uh, yeah. Feet pinning combination for ages. I like the log roll spot. Yeah, that was all good. Um, when he tries to hug her, it was I. I yeah, but I'm a sucker for a comedy match. Yeah, which is why I cannot wait for Toriano versus Zach Gibson tomorrow night, or is it Friday? Can't remember. Uh, at Rev Pro, that is. But yeah, uh, Ellsworth rightly tapped to the disarmer and was then super kicked by Carmella. Yeah, Carmella just just turned on him out of nowhere. I saw a uh, a YouTube interview with Carmella following this because it kind of looks like, oh, that's the end of their relationship, right? Yeah, that's what I would assume. Well, Carmella said he's going to be in the doghouse tonight losing oh, like that. Oh, man, you're joking me. So I think what? it's just because they did this a while ago where what, she... They back in June? That, where they taped this yeah yeah but also when uh, she she seemed to break up with him quite clearly yeah and then they were back the next week mm-hmm. so I don't think that's the end of that it's the Elias and Jason Jordan <laughs> smackdown um, after this Natalia and Charlotte were backstage with Shane and Natalia was trash talking Charlotte like he might as well add me to team smackdown because I can get the job done and Shane is like hmm I'll just book you in a match against each other for the women's title next week. So, maybe that changes hands as well. What I will say is that I, I previously, I think if they'd have set these matches up and none of the styles had changed hands, you'd be like, yeah, well, there's no real intrigue in that because they've been building up these other matches for, you know, four weeks now, so they mm. have to be happening at the pay-per-view. But clearly, they're quite just happy to change their mind on a whim when it comes to this card. So, yeah, I mean, maybe all the titles will change next week. Yeah, there's uh, so the, the leaked Survivor Series photo has Charlotte, uh, like, third from the front on the SmackDown side and Alexa Bliss on the other side. So, but Charlotte doesn't have the title on her shoulder, so let's see what happens. Yeah. Um, American Beta versus the Usos were up next. If, if it were me, just sorry, if it was me, I wouldn't put the belt on Charlotte next week. again. Okay. I but, I mean, perhaps I'll talk about this when I come to the AJ match. Uh, so... This was a weird one. I think mm. most of the match happened in the commercial break because yep. I only saw... The Usos came out. They did some trash talking to uh, Shelton Benjamin <laughs> and Chad Gable. And then they went at it. Go to commercial. Come back. Then there's about a minute of action. And Chad Gable delivers this horrible chop, chop block. block. Not not from Chad's side. I think Jimmy just fell bad. And yeah. it, looked ter- it looked horrible. We rewatched it before we came in here. Really hope he's just sprained something rather than torn a ligament. Or, yeah, or something I was worse. hoping he just sort of like twinged it, where you mm. just like it just feels like you can't walk on your leg. But actually, a couple of days later, you're yeah. okay. So he kind of, he kind of like he just collapses completely on his left leg, and his ankle looks like it bends weirdly. Yeah. Sin Cara's fine after Baron Corbin stepped on him. Uh, he's been medically cleared. I don't know if you saw that. Uh, so, yeah, yeah. So there's hope. There's, there's hope. There's hope. 
Uh, especially because I really want to see the bar versus the Usos. But Chad Gable, as soon as he did that, went straight under the ring apron. Because, of course, he, was, he wasn't he was the legal man. Jimmy was. Uh, referee was distracted by Benjamin. So it's the old heel team beating up the babyface on the outside. So it looks like American Beta really are becoming heels. They really are. Although I have written my notes here. Remember how over Gable was at NXT TakeOver London? <laughs> yeah. Gable. Gable. He wasn't Gable. even on the show. It was a pre-show. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. So I I was really looking forward to this match. I mm. uh, Last week when it was announced, I was, you know, I can't wait for that match next week, along with AJ Styles and Rusev. I think that this match would have gone longer if it wasn't for the AJ uh, gender main event change, because it just seemed like they got their time cut to me. Yeah, it's weird because you say that it felt like it should have been cut shorter, but there is there's nothing else that they could have cut down unless they were going to cut the the AJ match shorter because it went about fifteen minutes I think in total. Mm. Yeah, well that's like that it went that the whole show went completely to time. Some people said that the count out finish wasn't planned because of Jimmy's injury, but it seemed to time out the show perfectly. But so. Especially considering that I mean at least on the feed that I got, yeah. AJ and Jinder didn't get entrances. Yes. Yeah, no, you're right. I... Which means they were running short on time mm. anyway. Um, they had enough time to play another AJ Styles promo before the main event, though, where AJ said he will defeat Jinder, defeat Brock, and he will be the Beast Master. Gimmick infringement. Yes, we're going to send him gimmick. a cease and desist. God, the Beast Master. Do you want to... I know you should reveal who won the crap gimmick punishment in your news tomorrow. Okay, I'll reveal in the news tomorrow. Yeah. I can't wait for that. I'm so excited. Now, the main event was AJ Styles versus Jinder Mahal in a match only announced last Thursday, which was obviously changed from SmackDown the previous Tuesday because it was meant to be AJ Styles versus Rusev. And a lot of people were speculating, oh, maybe they're going to put the belt on AJ. And I'm, I've just always been in the back of my head going, no, India's the destination. India's been the destination for 170 days. They're only like a month away from their December 7th and 8th dates, I think. That's the whole point. Jinder's been champion for this long. The whole point that we had to sit through those three Randy Orton matches on pay-per-view. The Shinsuke Nakamura loss on SummerSlam, which really has damaged Nakamura. Nakamura wasn't on this show this week. Neither was Bobby Roode. Neither was Fashion Files. There was a lot of people missing. They Surely they won't scupper their India plans. So I just dismissed it. I did not even report on this. It was just rampant speculation. Not going to touch it. Well, at the wrestling shop when we did our appearance on Sunday, a lot of people were asking us, do you think they're going to change the title? And I said to every single one of them, I don't see it happening. Because, as you said, India is the goal. Mm. The whole reason we've spent all of 2017 watching these awful Jinder Mahal matches is to get to India so he can have that then maybe then go into his feud with John Cena at the Royal Rumble where they can do India versus Captain America and yeah and that that's always been the aim so it took me quite by surprise last night when I happened to just go on Twitter because I got the, the results sport for me mm. last night which I will say is my own fault I went on Twitter I think that if anyone goes on Twitter and sees a spoiler and then goes oh well you spoiled it for me now it's your own fault if you want to avoid things don't go on Twitter um, so I, I got a sport for me last night and I kind of went to bed going like Huh, that's that's really odd. And I I put out a, a, a caps lock heavy tweet last night saying 
what was the effing point in keeping the belt on Jinder for so long if you're going to take it off him a couple of weeks before the India tour? Yeah. And then a lot of people got back in touch with me and replying, because I, I did say, I imagine he'll either win it before the tour again or during the tour, but then that just makes AJ seem like a really weak champion. And that's what a lot of people have said in its defense. It's just like, oh, yeah, but Jinder's just going to win it back next week. He'll win it back after Survivor Series. He'll win it back at the Indie Tour. That's the whole point. And I'm like, we're losing sight of the big picture here, which is that AJ Styles is then a paper champion, which is not the best place for AJ Styles. He's better than just being a paper champion. Mm. Uh, This was done for a moment, a very good moment, AJ Styles winning the championship was a very cool moment. And the crowd going absolutely ballistic because I don't think anyone really there felt that he was going to win until it got towards the end. They were like, oh my God, I think a title change is coming. And they just, and they, oh yeah, the, the, he got the, the foot, foot break. Foot on the ropes. So good. And like the crowd exploded when he won. So yeah, it was a great moment. But you and I have had this discussion many times before that WWE like to book moments. They don't book storylines. And I feel that this moment here would have been better if it came at the end of a storyline. If we'd built up this AJ chasing the championship, keep the belt on Jinder through Survivor Series, through the India Tour, comes back, and then we get AJ's win on a big stage like the Royal Rumble, or even better, WrestleMania, where he finally wins his second WWE Championship. Instead, he's just champion now because he's going to have a better match with Brock Lesnar than Jinder will, and then we can put the belt back on Jinder so he can go and cross the India Tour, which is, I think really really short-sighted in terms of booking i yes so all of those things all of those things it is it's it's and it's it's obviously so late that this is so last minute decision uh because uh, you've seen the poster haven't you with john cena poster jinder brock john cena in the middle as the special guest referee it's been the plan it's quite widely reported and when enough sites are reporting the same thing reputable sites you're like this is obviously what's planned backstage. These have obviously been the talks. But um, to to switch it like this... Okay, so I'll I'll say my piece on this because I'm, I'm not as down on it as you are, but I also agree with everything you said, if that makes sense. Uh, so this hasn't just made a moment. It's made at least two moments because, you know, say what you want about gender and everything we've got Brock versus AJ at Survivor Series that is an infinitely superior main event that's a dream match it's a dream match and it's like it's turned like what I don't really care about on Survivor Series into a this is a must see card now you've got three four spectacularly uh, potentially great matches on there Um, and you know this could end up being a show of the year yeah it's really hopefully uh, yeah but then it's uh, and then there's the other argument that Jinder hasn't been working for a, as a champion for a long, long time now. For months, uh, SmackDown attendance is down. The ratings were down last week, but I think that's more to do with the Halloween holiday. But it was down a lot, like down half a million uh, viewers. So maybe, or, although the longer term storyline of AJ Styles winning at the end of something, and there was a bit of a storyline going into it because he'd beaten the Singh brothers in the two conse- in the two weeks beforehand building up to Jinder I know it's not the best story <laughs> although uh, it's better than the Nakamura story yeah and he was beaten down by Jinder at the end of last week's show it's you know maybe I, I, I do give WWE a little bit of credit for 
for making something better. Like, as much as I'm like, oh, but Kurt Angle should have returned after this big storyline, They, it was a, you know, you, you swapped out Kurt for the Shield there, and Kurt's return instead of a Shield reunion. You're giving the fans something. So definitely criticise this in terms of, oh my God, we had to sit through so long of Jinder Mahal's WWE Championship reign, which, say what you want about the man, you cannot deny that it's made the main event scene in w in SmackDown feel like a mid-card chore. It's been just so disinteresting and forgettable uh, with the Randy Orton and Shinsuke Nakamura feuds. So, you know, you've had that and you've switched it up. So that's a good thing. Forgotten the point I was trying to make. I, this really is... This is WWE atoning for something that, that, that was their own fault to begin with. Mm. Vince McMahon clearly woke up one morning, probably Thursday last week, or maybe at some point early this week, and just like, oh, God, well, we can't main event Survivor Series <laughs> Brock versus Jinder. That's madness. Yeah. Right. Uh, let's give it to AJ. That's a much better match. That's a dream match that the fans won. Let's do that instead. Whereas if you were suddenly worried that like, oh, we, if we're going to have our main event of Survivor Series and it's going to be the Universal Champion versus the WWE Champion, do you know what you should have done? Put the belt on Nakamura at SummerSlam. Mm. Because then you could have built mm. towards Nakamura versus Lesnar at Survivor Series. A match then where you've had a few yeah. months to build it and you've had a chance to build up Nakamura as champion and make those two credible things. So that's option number one. Option number two was actually make Jinder a credible champion from the get-go, not just have all these screwy finishes where they were like, well, we need to have you as champion for the India tour but we don't actually want to make you champion and we don't want you to actually beat people so you're just going to always win via interference so make him a credible champion then Brock versus Jinder would have felt like a big mm. deal because he would have been a credible champion but because you haven't done either of those things all of a sudden you're like a few two weeks out from Survivor Series it's next it's next weekend yeah. you're going like ah no this is wrong uh, just throw the belt on AJ what about the end of ah we'll just put the belt on Jinder afterwards then so like AJ then looks pants the WWE title looks devalued and it hasn't had a great year to be up to like already mm. and now and now we're in this situation I, okay, so looking at the positives, as you said, AJ versus Brock, infinitely a much more interesting match. I'm so much more excited for that match than I was Brock v. Jinder. So can't can't deny that. AJ Styles as champion, that's a great thing because he's a much more credible champion than Jinder is. Very happy that AJ is the champion again. Big fan of AJ Styles. But the negatives of this, not the negatives, but like the, the short-sightedness just really overshadows everything on this, like the shadow monster in Stranger Things. Like, I'm Will, standing there, just looking at this big shadow monster thing, being like, yeah, AJ, but then this over is like, no, this is terrible storytelling, this is bad booking. And I'm like, mm. yeah, no, you're absolutely right, it really is. So, there are some positives to this, but at the same time, I'm just like, man, it would have been so much cooler if you'd have just stuck with the plan. And an example that I... I've... What, what, stuck with the Jinder as champion plan? Up until the India tour, if that's what you've been doing, if that was your whole experiment was to just get him to India and have him as champion in right. India, then fine, stick with that plan. I know it's not worked, but if that's what you're doing, just do it, rather than sort of hot potatoing with the title around for a few weeks and then carrying on with the plan. You don't know where they're going to go, though. They might not put the title back on Jinder. They might, well, in, if that's the case, then the last few months have been even more of a waste. But it's like the last few... So, for me, there's a choice here. You've got the last few months have been a waste, but we can have the next two months be awesome with AJ's champion, Brock Lesnar, match, etc. Or we can make those two uh, months more a waste as well. Yeah, I mean, there is always that. Like, I, 
what I'm saying is like okay so here, as an example as a uh, an actual real world example mm. to use this as uh, CM Punk's long title reign his 434 day title reign that was designed for two reasons it was to get Punk over and it was to get more importantly the WWE Championship over it was to make it feel like a very prestigious title why? because The Rock's going to beat him for it at Royal Rumble and then Cena's going to beat him for it at Wrestlemania in their return match so we really want the WWE title to feel like a big deal brilliant so we'll put it on, on Punk for a really really long time so then The Rock comes in and he finally conquers this dastardly heel that's been holding onto this belt for so long the championship is aloft and we've got a brilliant championship and a brilliant champion that that was their plan. There was a slight roadblock in there, which was the rise of Ryback. Mm. Not in the plan. There was something that was like, oh god, we didn't see this coming. And then they booked themselves into the corner where they were like, well, now we've got to put Ryback into a championship place. Which they did against it was their own fault for doing this. They they put him into there. And there could have been a there could have been an option to be like, yeah, the gentleman we should put the belt on Ryback because he's really hot at the moment, and maybe it'll be a really good thing to strap the strap a rocket to him and give him the belt. But they decided to stay the course because the Rock winning the title was much more important. Mm. So the point I'm making is that maybe Jinder being champion in India was the much more important thing. If that's what they were looking to do, if they were looking to sell more tickets, to sell more merchandise, to get more people subscribing to the network with Jinder as champion, whether that, if that's working, I don't know, then let's, let's stay the course and continue to do that. And then we can have the big payoff afterwards where AJ Styles win it, John Cena wins it, whatever. John Cena gets his 17th title reign off the dastardly foreign heel, Jinder Mahal, who's been holding, so you just not my microphone, mm. who's been holding this championship hostage. And yay, Captain America is here and he's won it and he's now a 17-time world champion, John Cena. Like that just feels, that's a great moment, but that moment doesn't exist anymore because we've spent all of this time doing this and then just gone like, ah, sod it. AJ's champ because we need a better match for Survivor Series. So, uh, but don't you think that that those are two valid uh, decisions to make? Like you could let Punk go all the way and drop it to The Rock. That was the decision they went for, which I suppose would have been the let Jinder stay on until India uh, decision. Or, well, he probably would have got beat in his hometown anyway, right? That's probably what they were building to. Uh, or you could have put the belt on Ryback. So that's like that was an equally valid decision, and I wouldn't have minded if they did that right anyway. No. So that Ryback moment is kind of not exactly the same because the Ryback was a lot better built than uh, the Ryback <laughs> was a lot better built <laughs> than the AJ the thing. Ryback, isn't yeah. It? <laughs> uh, but you know that's kind of parallel to AJ winning the belt here. Yeah, but like you couldn't have then had Ryback versus the Rock at the Royal Rumble because then that's the face versus face dynamic. You don't want then the Rock beating someone and then getting booed in well, the process Ryback for doing can, it. can drop the belt back to... Well, then that's a paper champion run for Ryback, and that's just going to completely kill all of his momentum. That's what I'm saying. Like, my, mm. That's my big worry here. And I'm, perhaps I'm just being a complete pessimist about this entire thing, and I'm willing to admit that I am being a complete pessimist about this. My worry is, is that we're just going to have... This is just being done for the Survivor Series match, and as soon as that's done, we're just going to put the belt back onto Mahal, and he's going to go into India as champion, or he's going to win it on the India Tour... And which just means that AJ Styles hasn't actually had a championship reign, and that's also been pointless. It also just means that the all the build we've done previously was pointless. All the promos with Paul Heyman and uh, Brock Lesnar have been pointless. All these gender promos against Brock Lesnar have been pointless, and the whole thing's just been a complete waste of time. But we do get a really good match at the end of it because we get AJ versus Brock. Yeah, they they obviously called it. So my, in closing, my thoughts is my thoughts are that uh, it's 
it was the right thing to do because it's going to make for a more fun product. It just should have either been done sooner or they shouldn't have gotten themselves in the, this place in the first place. That is actually the, the best way to put this, yeah. is that we shouldn't have been in this position in the first place. Because if you'd have done long-term thinking, and you're like, well, we need to have this match at Survivor Series, then you should have thought well ahead of this rather than you know two weeks out. So the actual match itself, very briefly, because we, we are running out of time, it's a good match. Great match. This, <laughs> this has easily been Jinder's best match as champion. Yeah, it was really, really good. I mean, I, I did quite enjoy the Punjabi prison. Oh, no, match, I, yeah, no, I really, in a, yeah, yeah. In a completely different yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, not a long match, but the uh, the, the near fall after the callus, is that how you say The colossus. The coloss. Uh, when AJ just got his foot on the ropes was fantastic. Cage Side Seats pointed out in their review the idea that Jinder has never had to go longer than that. You know, mm-hmm. people don't usually kick out of that. So when AJ carried on, Jinder didn't know what to do from a, a game plan standpoint, and that's phenomenal forearm one, two, three. AJ was taking a... out the Singh brothers. Oh, so awesome. Was that brilliant. Was so great. And like and as I said, AJ went what a moment. Like the mm. crowd as soon as the crowd suddenly realised I think a title change is coming. And it was kicking into high gear and then the Coloss hit, a lot of boos, and then with the foot on the rope, the crowd was suddenly like going like and it just like it was really, really building up. Man alive, it was a really raucous atmosphere that got me into it. WWE have given the UK and Europe a hell of a tour. A uh, cat angle wrestled in the Shield last night again. Triple H. What in happened the when we went? Like why yeah. didn't we, when we went, we got Wacky Dean as GM. Well, it was because Braun Strowman was injured. <laughs> One uh, person fell yeah, down yeah. and the whole thing fell apart. Pack of Roman, cards. Roman got <laughs> Roman got a virus and they get bloody cat angle. No, yeah. Yeah, we didn't get anything. And the title change, SmackDown Raw Invasion, we didn't even Pete Dunne debut. We didn't even get Kurt Angle on our yeah. show at all. That's why we got Wacky Dean. Uh, and uh, so my, my last thing on this was, there wasn't a Raw Invasion to prompt the title change, which I'm fine with, actually. I just thought there might have been a bit of symmetry there. I th- considering they were all there, but I think they were all at the house show, weren't they? So you, I mean, could, you could save a few you, people. You could have absolutely saved a few people. And that's kind of the other thing about this is that, um, maybe, oh God, we are running really long on mm. this, but one last point to make, I suppose. It's a big this, week. Yeah, big week on this sort of Raw versus SmackDown thing. It has always been that SmackDown is doing the invading and Raw hasn't been retaliating, which really makes this feel like a WWF, WCW thing, where WCW were always the guys going like, hey, Vince McMahon, come have a match with us. Let's just read mm. out their results online. We're going to go and mess with their shows. Their show sucks. We're going to constantly talk about how rubbish their show is. And WWF's thing was like, we're just not going to talk about them. We might make snide comments here and there, but we're not going to talk about them. We're not going to acknowledge them because as soon as you acknowledge them, they've won. And it's playing the the big thing. And someone once described it with TNA and WWE, where TNA were always trying to get WWE to acknowledge them. And it was like, it's someone once described it as TNA was a dog barking at the moon. Because the moon doesn't even know what the dog is. Mm. But the dog is so angry at the moon. And that dog's stupid. I, I, I disagree. I think Raw has looked scared of SmackDown at some points. And SmackDown have been presented as... It's been a good rivalry. I've, I've liked the Survivor Series build. Hmm. Um, yeah, I suppose I'm uh, back now. I suppose I should go first. Um, I really enjoyed the AJ Styles Jinder Mahal match. I thought it was a, a really great match. But and the the Becky Lynch James Ellsworth thing. But aside from that, I can't really say much great else about SmackDown. Whereas I thought Raw had a kick-ass main event, and I really liked the Balor Joe match. I'm I'm gonna say Raw. I am also going to say Raw. Oof. Long, 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 and heated. A lot of disagreements today. 
There was a lot of stuff to talk about, a lot of divisive stuff. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. have the has Survivor Series been a hindrance to weekly Raw and SmackDown narratives? Was AJ Styles winning the the belt a good thing, or or just a te- terrible state of affairs? Yeah, there's a lot to yeah. get, lot to dive into. Meaty stuff. Before we came in here, I had a uh, naked bar, mm-hmm. um, peanut butter, which I usually find to be quite uh, delightful. However, I feel like I'm developing a bit of a, a, uh, an allergy to peanuts. Fascinating. Uh, I'm not even saying that sarcastically. Yeah. Because this is a common thing in, uh, in, in uh, adults over the age of 25. They really? will develop nut, very, very slight nut allergies. Because I think mine is very slight. Mm. Because it doesn't always happen. For example, you know very well, I have peanut butter every single morning. You've got nuts in your mouth all <laughs> the time. Just <laughs> jiggly, jangling nuts in yep. there. I love peanut butter yeah. on bagels, on toast. I'm a big, big fan of peanut butter. However, sometimes when I eat peanut butter, the inside of my mouth feels like it grows ever so slightly, and then I can't close my jaw because mm. I'm biting on the inside on of my on mouth. That, yeah. Uh, I so I got this as well. I got this from almonds. Mm. Weirdly, I am fine with almond milk, fine with almond butter, but I am not fine with almonds with the skin on. And apparently, it's actually something to do with the skin in most cases. If you have, if you're rich enough to have that skin peeled off for you by some form of slave boy, then it should be fine. The cashews, for instance, we've long debated the, <laughs> the raw cashews. They haven't got any skin. They're fine to eat. Mm. So that's that might be. But I would imagine the naked version of the peanut butter stuff wouldn't have the skin in. I I don't think it does. No, maybe there's maybe it's a certain type of peanut that's in there. I'm going to have yeah. to check what the ingredients are, but that's quite interesting. Yeah, yeah, it's, I, I found this out recently. Um, I'm sure that is fascinating to everyone. <laughs> Maybe it is. Maybe you're like, why, why, when I put nuts in my mouth, am I getting this irritable feeling in my throat or, or well, cavity? I can now go to my or wife. Or cavity. <laughs> I can now go to my wife and give her this information and be like, do you know, remember I told you recently about that little slight peanut allergy I think I'm getting? Well... And then repeat the facts that you just gave me. Then here's the science. Now put these nuts <laughs> away your... uh, away from me because yeah. I'm, it might flare me up inside. And just put them in your mouth instead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that works. <laughs> uh, so from uh, iTunes, of course. As before, we get to the iTunes. Another shady plug to the podcast exclusive to Patreon. Go over and pledge five dollars if you want that monthly awesome. Very in depth, two to three oh, hours yeah, like long. The last episode was two and a half hours long. Yeah, there was a worry that I couldn't upload it to Patreon because the file was too big. Because so- there's also, sorry, there's also sound clips and stuff in the uh, episode as well. I play uh, video packages, mm. clips from the very event, well edited together. Clips yeah. from the event itself on the Halloween Havoc one because I forgot to mention the uh, the infamous Child's Play Chucky <laughs> promo from WCW. I have the whole segment in the episode. It really is Luke's baby, and he's put a, a lot of effort into it. It, it sounds awesome. Um, and and some people, even though three-hour-long-ish shows a week, some people want more. Yeah, they want us to do is, more uh, of them. Which I find baffling, <laughs> but also flattering. So this might be a way for you to get your fix. Like BC Sondor 26 who writes on iTunes, Swaft AF. I assume that stands for swaft as... F-word. Flibberties. <laughs> Flibberty. 
Mr. Flibbles. Mr. Flibbles. This podcast is wonderful. I, oh, sorry, that's in Matt Hardy's voice. This podcast is wonderful, yes, <laughs> and should be higher on the iTunes charts. Always a great listen when doing college work. You should try to fantasy book a British invasion of WWE. Keep up the good work, BC. Thanks, so, BC. Cheers, BC. Ballot Club. No, Who no, knows? because his name is BC. BC Sondor. Maybe he's, but maybe his real Christian name is Bala Club. Okay, well, it could be. Bala yeah. Club Sondor. <laughs> Look at this beautiful baby boy. It's I'm going to call him Bala Club. Where and is Matt Hardy? He, so I was. Sometimes I just find myself on WWE's Twitter account yeah. and they retweet all the corporate stuff they do. And uh, so when everyone was at Raw on Monday, Matt Hardy and Alexa Bliss were. Uh, presenting a replica WWE Championship belt to the staff of the Manchester Arena, where, of course, the terrorist attack happened earlier this year. Oh, right. So he does... He He's obviously in, like, an ambassador role now. Mm. So he's until, doing, Je- until Jeff gets back. Yeah. Because they just look at him and be like, what do we do with you? But when You're, Jeff not, you're not a back. single star. <laughs> what have you got? Like, have you reinvented yourself recently? <laughs> Come on. Show me something, Matt. You've got to get yourself over. Yeah. Have you tried putting up YouTube videos? Mm. Apparently that helps some people. I I mean, when Jeff comes back, he's, they're not going to go, boom, Jeff's back. Let's put him with Matt. They're going to go, Jeff, you've not got long left. <laughs> You're a solo star for a bit and you are feuding with Brock Lesnar. Have you thought about being broken? Yeah. We, we couldn't think of anything for Matt, but we may have something <laughs> for you. Uh, brother Matt. <laughs> Liam, not male. Um... Liam not male is this guy's name but not male as in uh, female male as in royal male royal male uh, physical male a a male bag I don't know I think it's a joke but I'm not getting it this podcast rules hey guys awesome job and love everything about your Wrestle Rambles Been been watching ever since the Wrestlemania 33 predictions on the YouTube channel well well done because that is when it started very first one that was the first episode and back then it was called That Wrestle Talk. It was. It's a bad name. Cheap Pop, he writes. Ha ha ha. And was hooked from there on. Always look forward to Mondays, Wednesdays, and Saturdays. Keep up the good work, smiley face. Thanks, Liam. Cheers, Liam. Hey, but would you like to look forward to Fridays, Liam? Do you feel like we're over-egging the Patreon? Well, yeah, only because if he's listening... Oh, yeah, no, he does watch it on YouTube. So, yeah, he would look forward to yeah. the, uh, the, the Friday one, yeah. You can hear... You can watch the Wrestle Ramble on Saturday a day early if you donate to Patreon. Wow. Yeah. Isn't that cool? And you can write your comment first before anyone else. And the podcast, the exclusive podcast, and the Hall of Fame video. Yeah, oh, yeah. And shout-outs in the Wrestle Ramble show. If you give $10 a month or more. Have you done the uh, Hall of Fame video for this month? No, I've got to do it probably after this, to be honest. Oh, yeah. yeah it's a long one. Yeah, it is. How many? It's like two, 270. Oh, this is yeah. not scalable anymore. <laughs> this is not a scalable reward. It was okay when it was like 40 people last year. Uh, but yes, that's all we've got time for today. Uh, yeah, uh, we'll see you on... Sorry, I, Tony, you stepped yeah. on your, your yeah, words yeah. there. We'll see you on Saturday. Love you, bye.
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.